You're listening to the Next Level Boss Podcast, where we firmly believe in dreaming bigger so you can create a life you're wildly obsessed with. Each week, we'll be sharing inspiring stories, tips and tricks from the experts, and having honest conversations to help up-level your business and mindset. Here's your host and business strategist, Angelina Sutherland. Becca Moore, thank you so much for coming on the Next Level Boss podcast with us. This time in the world is craziness and a lot of mom bosses are trying to work from home and now also trying to homeschool, remote teach their children when that was never their plan from the beginning. Um, So I am just so excited to have you here and to share some of your tips then how you structure it, you know, running two businesses also while homeschooling your three children. Thanks, Angeline. I'm so excited to be here with you guys and to just share a little bit of taking a little bit of the guesswork out for those of you that have been thrown into what I call COVID teaching. It's not really homeschooling. So give yourself a little bit of grace and know that this is not the normal. And what you guys are being expected to do is it's just not normal, any of it. So I'm excited to be here with you and share a little bit about what we've what we've done. Thank you. And how did you get started on this journey? I mean, you have run two businesses remotely. You can do it anywhere in the world. Um, What led you to a different path than the standard nine to five? Yeah, great question. I actually never saw myself as a homeschool mom. I actually was very adamantly against it. Um, I'm very social. I like to be out and about with people. I loved school growing up. It was nothing I ever had. I don't remember ever asking my parents to be homeschooled. I loved it. My children, I thought, would follow suit. We had tried private school. We went into public school. And it was actually my son exactly two years ago this past March that just started begging me, begging me to give him more time freedom, which is what I preach to the choir with all of my coaching sessions. And he was hearing this at the age of, he was nine at the time, and he was hearing me day in and day out coaching on time freedom and doing what you love and being able to spend more time and doing what you love and what fulfills you. And he finally came to me and he was just, he was begging for weeks on end. And in a nutshell, he basically turned my words against me and said, Hey mommy, I'm not using my time wisely. He was in the third grade. He was bored. And that's where I was like, okay, I really need to sit down and listen to him. I reached out to a few really close homeschool moms that were already doing it, had some great tools and tips. And after me just really being in prayer and journaling about it, it just seemed very clear to just give him a chance at it. He like what this was just something that was a huge pivotal moment for me. I was laying in bed with him one night doing the bedtime routine and he was just clearly wanting me to just consider this. And I told him, I said, Betty, it's not you, it's me. Like, I don't, we don't have family nearby. We don't have any extra support. And I said, I'm already doing, I'm running a business from home. I already am running all, wearing all the hats at home. And I feel like I'd fail you if I was to take on being your teacher as well. And so he, the next morning, without any prompting by me, he came to me the next morning with a list of 18 things of how he could help. Vacuuming, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, cooking, doing the gardening, anything. And that was happened to be a day that was early release, which they get out of school like an hour and a half early. He came home with that list. He had shown it to me in the morning, came home that afternoon and immediately started checking things off the list. And I started hearing the vacuum going and like the dishes getting done, the laundry getting sorted. And so one of my very close friends at homeschool, she's like, you know what? You really need to just listen to him and give him a chance. I thought because it was mid-year, it was a horrible time to do it because you would think they'd finish the year and then start fresh the new year, maybe on homeschool. 
but it was actually a perfect, perfect time because I, de-schooling is really important once you pull a child from homeschooling or pull a child from public school. So what you guys are dealing with right now with COVID, going straight from school, then a life altering change with what's going on with COVID and going into COVID schooling, quote unquote, there's nothing, there's no normalcy there. And that's what one thing I will never forget. And was so grateful. A friend told me like, let him de-school, let him take the rest of the year off. Just like, you know, doing life and just enjoying being a kid and just being, you know, just being out and learning things. You're learning things every day. And I think a lot of us forget that. And so de-schooling something I wanted to talk about with you guys today is just giving yourself that grace of knowing you were jumped and pulled into a program that is not, it's not sustainable in any sense of the word, because you're in Google, from what I understand, you're in Google classrooms, you're in Zooms all day long. And that's not, that's not at all how I run my program. And my program is by far not like the end all in any way. Actually, a lot of people probably are really against how I homeschool my children, um, but it works really well for us and my kids are thriving because of it. So that's just a little bit of background. It was really my son pushing me to do it. And from day one, it was the best decision I made. And I just wish I had done it sooner. It was so much fun waking up, having breakfast with them and not being like a shit show, running out the door, getting lunches done. And I got to have that quality time with him that I hadn't had with him since he was three years old because he had been in preschool at four. Um, I put him in a TK, really aggressive TK program at five. And what I know now, I wish I'd known when he was younger, but we learned by doing. And then I, the following year, I pulled my middle child. Um, she actually started asking me and she's a bubbly, she's, a, she's actually my wildest, hardest child. And she started asking me later that summer. And so we just kind of like a couple weeks before school started, we ended up pulling her as well. And she's thrived. She's had so much fun. And then we pulled my youngest this year. So this is my youngest who's in um, first grade this year. And this is her first year with me, which I'll be honest, is a little intimidating teaching the reading, teaching the writing, teaching the math. Like that's a lot bigger like role to play. And I'll touch base with that with you guys that have littles because there's a lot of books out there that you should read to know that Finland, for instance, is the number one education system in the world, and they do not start their children on reading until they're six, seven years old. They don't even start them in school until they're six years old. So there's a lot of studies out there that show just letting them be kids, letting them learn by doing, letting them ask questions alongside you is so much more powerful than throwing a bunch of books at them and expecting them to just read. And there, a lot of them are going to get frustrated, and then they're going to get, they're going to not enjoy learning. So that's kind of our journey in a nutshell. Um, there's a lot more in depth on it that I could go into, but I want to respect everyone's time and just be able to give you some tips and tricks too that you guys might be wondering. Well, now we've been thrown this, what do we do with what the situation is at hand? Yeah. So how you described it, a lot of families that I, you know, personally, my son is doing the the Google Classroom, and that's been a whole just learning curve, you know, challenge getting used to it, but he's he's done good, but he's also in seventh grade, he's at an age where he can be an independent, and he can ask his teachers questions, they can respond, he can Google, he can YouTube, and kind of self-teach himself through struggles he has, but a lot of, you know, and he's an only child, um, so a lot of families that have, you know, younger children, various ages and all these different, you know, they're all being pulled in different directions. Um, many moms are working from home right now and they're still trying to work, get work done. But now they're also having that responsibility of making sure their kids are getting educated, their grades are staying up. Um, 
how do you recommend that they start structuring that and kind of alleviating some of that pressure that I think a lot of moms are feeling right now? I think moms in general put a lot of that pressure on themselves to begin with. You know, we are the superhero, you know, like we're the superheroes of our family. We're keeping the house clean, the laundry, the dishes, and trying to do all the things. Um, and now there's one more hat that a lot of us haven't expected that we're now wearing. Um, you are so good at just making it look graceful. <laughs> what is your strategy when you wake up in the morning um, and your structure to help? You know, you have three kids at different ages. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's a perfect balance. I think balance is a myth. Like, I will just be honest. I think every day I could tell you looked like rainbows and unicorns, and that's not the case. There's not a one-size-fits-all at all. Um, and I really want people to be clear, like I unschool my children. So I don't do a standard homeschool program. I do not follow a particular curriculum. I unschool my children and I let them learn by doing. So breakfast, we um, our typical day starts off, my kids, my two oldest kids love cooking. So my son, his big thing is he loves making like a delicious breakfast for us in the morning. So some days we're in a rush and trying to get to a different activity or whatever the case may be. And we'll just have shakes and something easy. But his biggest thing, if we're home and have a slower morning, he loves to make a breakfast for us. So, you know, they're always, so they start their day in gratitude. They have gratitude journals, each of them, even my six-year-old. And so they start their day in gratitude. I'm very big. My non-negotiables are language arts and math. Like those are two non-negotiables. And so language arts where they're writing, they're in gratitude every single day. They're reading every that single day. Beautiful. <laughs> well, I wish I learned that as a kid. Like I wish that I feel like all the work that you and I have learned in the last like six to 10 years, I wish I knew that and had that head start early on. And so one thing I always say is I'll be damned if my kids like are screwed up when they're older and like have to like work through all this headspace because I want them to go into it with all the tools that I can give them at the best of my ability. It, are things perfect here all the time? No. Like I definitely am a real life person and nothing's ever a hundred percent, but I try to just have them start their day in that. So they have that habit in place because it took me years to get my habits in place and how you start your morning is key. Like if you're starting your morning and you're like getting on social and getting into all the division going on right now, you're going to have a pretty crappy day because you're going to be wearing all of that. So I want my kids to be really focused on focusing on the gratitude. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could be as simple as having a cozy bed. I just want them to be paying attention to all the blessings that they have, writing that down because there's a lot of power in writing. And then they have to read every morning. They actually, by choice, stay up at night. Like after they go to bed, they each have little bed lights and they all read at night just because they love it. Um, to me, I want to raise readers. Like to me, I wish that I had fallen in love with reading at an earlier age. And so that's something I'm really passionate about because of my journey of where we've gotten to now. And I didn't love reading as a kid. Like it was a chore because the private school was at, they made you read all these mandatory books that they picked. And I never got to pick the books that I wanted to read. So it was never of interest. And so it was really frustrating because I felt like I got gypped. I felt like on learning by reading what was actually exciting to me. So my kid, like my kids just love reading. Um, they prefer autobiographies. They prefer real life stories. My son's really into history. My littlest is still learning how to read. So that looks a lot different for her. Obviously she's six years old and in first grade. Um, and so it's a little bit different and needs a little bit more of my assistance with that. 
and then they have math. So they basically have requirements that they're supposed to meet every day. And I don't do like spring breaks. I don't do summer breaks. I don't do winter breaks. Like it's a life school, unschool for us. So it's all year, every year or every day. And obviously each day looks different. I like to have our days wrapped up by like 10 o'clock. Like I don't want them having to be sitting and doing schoolwork all day. Um, I want them to be able to have fun and go play. Now, when it comes in terms of business, like I have, I time block. So time blocking for those of you that are working and have children at home that you're now having to homeschool and this is all new to you. Time blocking is like a gift. I know Angelina is a queen of it too. Like it is, it's changed my a life. Game changer. Yeah. It is. And having and. Give yourself grace when you set your time blocking because you might think like, oh, well, Monday I can block off X, Y, Z, but then Tuesday I have a different schedule. So give yourself grace and flexibility, but use it as a tool to have an outline. And that for me is really where I was able to just honestly get an idea of how much time I needed to do this, this, and this. And it gave me the time to also block in time where I wanted to be 100% present with my children. So I run two businesses from home, like Angelina said, and they are all remote. So everything is online. Everything is on my phone. And so I don't want my kids remembering mommy being on her phone all day. Like I want my kids to remember me as being mommy works hard and mommy plays harder and works really smart in my time. So I try to keep my work hours about 20, 25 hours a week. And I work really, really, really hard and smart in that time frame. And I love what I do. So I have a really hard time unplugging and it actually has gotten to a point where I unplug. I have to have my phone on my desk. I know it's pathetic, but I have to have my phone at my desk because I get distracted by seeing the notifications and I want to respond. I'm a recovering people pleaser. So I want to respond. So being okay with having healthy boundaries. I think that's a big thing for us moms because like Angelina said, like we want, we are super moms of the house. We want to please everybody. We want to help everyone. We, you probably are working from home because you love what you're doing. So you're having probably a hard time separating from that as well. So setting up healthy boundaries is a hundred percent necessity. Like you have to have boundaries, have to time block. If you need time block worksheets, I think Angelina has some, if not, I have some and we can give them, you know, email them to you. Um, but that just helps lay out your foundation of being able to organize your time better and give yourself, like I said, give yourself grace and give it about a month or so, like a 30 day period of being able to fine tune it. And then you're going to get to a point where you don't even need the timesheet anymore. You're just, you got it. You have the rhythm down in your head of like what this is going to look like. So my work week, so Mondays is like my day that I, my kids just know like mommy's working and I'm pretty booked back to back on Mondays. And then they know Tuesday through Friday, I'm more, I have more availability. I try to wrap everything up by 10 a.m. So that way we can play. We're out doing nature. Now, when I say my kids are done with schoolwork, by 10, they're typically done with schoolwork probably in about, I don't know, hour or two in the morning. They don't, I'm not saying some days so might even be shorter. Like? So for most mm -hmm. of the world right now, kids are, you know, they're teachers are remotely connecting with them, giving them work to do, or maybe there was packets dropped off. So, you know, teachers have been providing the structure and an outline for everything they need to get done. Um, for the younger children that are really needing that one-on-one, -on -one, they help, mm -hmm. um, but they're not at that stage where they can be more independent. How would you recommend, you know, if a mom is, you know, ha she has a busy business, I, time blocking definitely helps. Like you mentioned, you can, I think we're what, 
uh, we waste 80% of the day on distractions and this. Mm -hmm. So like we can be 80% more productive um, by time blocking because we know we only have this much stuff to get done. We're going to push our phone off to the side. We're going to be laser focused and we're really going to make, you know, big strides and smart moves in places that, you know, are going to move the needle. Um, so that's huge, the time blocking piece, starting your morning off right. Uh, and I love that you're getting your kids to also do the same thing and start the day off with intentions and gratitude. And that's so beautiful. And also in a way that's incorporating things that they need to learn for life, like reading and writing. Um, but for those parents that, you know, they are doing the themselves, they have a good morning routine. And, but they're, I think, um, after they're done their morning routine, getting into work and now they have to help their children. Yes. Um, is there any tips that you can give uh, and touch on that? Because I think that's a struggle for a lot of parents right now, especially that have multiple children like you do and they're at different stages and it might be at the you know basic fundamental uh, stages of reading, writing and arithmetic. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't personally deal with that because we aren't in that mainstream school system that you guys are at. And from what I understand, you're supposed to be on the Google classrooms, correct? For a certain amount of time. So it's all complete. different. So we're in New Hampshire and it's okay. There's teachers available between certain times, which is beautiful. So I love mm -hmm. the way that New Hampshire is doing, it, at least for you know our area in Massachusetts. I know they do have to hop on a couple of Zooms a day, so they have to be present. Um, so, so I think it's I th varying. Yeah, and I know out here they're in Google Classes and they're in Zoom. So for me personally, that would not work for my children. So if there's a mom out there that's wondering, well, if I can't get my kid on the Google Classrooms and I can't do Zooms with them because that doesn't work for them, what would you do? I would say have a conversation with the teacher that you're personally working with because I know they're going to have to touch base with that teacher to get permission to do your own program. Um, but what I personally would do is have them opt out of whatever the Zooms are because Zooms for my kids have not been efficient. Like they tried to move theater classes over to Zoom, jujitsu over to Zoom. Um, my kids are part of a workshop unschool program they used to go to for 10 hours a week. That's now on Zoom. My kids haven't even wanted to do it once during this COVID thing. Um, so that doesn't work for us. My kids are not electronic -y kids. So if you have a young child that is needing your time because they're trying to do a math program or they're trying to do a reading program, I would say set 15, 20 minutes aside in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening because that's more than enough time for you to be able to get that done and to be able to give them the foundations and also give yourself grace of knowing that the kids are like they're going to pick it up once they're ready to pick it up, like when their brain is ready to pick it up. So if they're not understanding the concepts, don't beat yourself up because reading is really honestly, like I've watched my children, like my son is a boy. So obviously, so he's got a totally different brain than my girls do. And they're typically a little bit later bloomers with their learning and stuff. And so their learning curves might be a little different. And so being able to know your child and know like, are they getting frustrated when they're doing their reading? Are they getting frustrated when they're doing their math? If they are, stop. Let them be kids. Let them go out and get some fresh air and play. Um, make it fun. Like lose the worksheets and pull up some like fresh fruit and let them count like, okay, how many lemons do I have here? How many apples do I have here? Add them up and then take them away and do subtraction via that way. Um, I think a lot of people lose they lose sight on that kids are learning every single day by watching you and working with you. And a lot of, and that's where I think bringing in those tools of letting them just learn by finding what makes them excited to learn. 
Um, a great tool for moms that have little kids that are learning sight words and learning addition subtraction. There's called popcorn, popcorn sight words, and then there's popcorn um, addition subtraction. They're super fun. It's in a popcorn box. It looks just like a theater popcorn box and the little pieces are popcorn. And so they have the sight words on there. And so you could just drop them on the floor and it's a game. And then they have to pick them up and slowly learn their sight words. I haven't used it in years, but that was a really fun one when I started. I did it with my kid, my oldest, when he was in preschool, kindergarten age. And that's a really fun tool because then it gives them like excitement. It's a game. So I think just trying to find and study your kid, you know your kid better than anybody. And I think a lot of people lose that sight thinking like, well, my teacher, their teacher said to do it this way, but it's not responding well. Well, then do something that works better for you and be okay with it being different and be okay with it being in increments and letting your kid literally do 10 to 15 in the morning. Maybe it wake up, you know, at breakfast time, you're doing some fun math thing with them or you're doing some fun reading thing. 15, 20 minutes in the afternoon with lunchtime and then another 15, 20 evening um, because that's more than enough time, honestly. I mean, that's already like 45, almost into an hour, depending on if you're doing 15 to 20. And that's more than enough for them for that day. Um, so I don't know if Do you that- think that it works the same way it does for us with, you know, we're scheduling out our day and we're time blocking, we're more efficient. So you're doing it with them in 15 minute increments and you're just laser focused present and they are present with you also that you're going to accomplish more. They're yeah. be less frustrating. Oh, I like, how, I like how you are bringing up being creative and making it fun. Cause I think a lot of us, you know, we are moms and we're always thinking about memories and how our children are going to feel when we look back at a certain time. I think for a lot of us right now, we don't want our kids to remember this as like a scary time or a time that wasn't fun. And that I think really resonate with a lot of moms out there um, and having that, you know, making it fun, but mm -hmm. also having it be something that's learning. That's your time with them also. Um, mm -hmm. And after you do those 15 minutes, what do you recommend? So young children, if you know, it's different, I think, it's so many situations are different, whether you have one kid, two kids, their personality, whether it's a boy or girl, if you're in the country, the city, there's so many different variables. Right. Um, what would you recommend moms, like they need to get back to work. So they're helping their kids for a bit, get them started. Um, what would you recommend them having them do kind of laying out a structure, either, you know, a chore chart or a list of things that they can kind of go through and keep themselves busy while you're doing something. Totally. Any recommendations on that? Yeah. And I think another thing we did this, we actually coached this on my tribe this week specifically, actually, it's funny that you're talking about this. So there's a lot of mom guilt, right? We have guilt thinking like, well, if I set a project up for them, I should be there doing the project with them. Well, what's wrong with the child doing it themselves? It's actually teaching them really valuable skills. It's not saying you don't want to be their mom and you don't want to be there and helping them, but you're giving them those independent skills. And I 100% believe that is why my oldest two are so independent. Like they're both running businesses now. Like they cook their own food. They, my son volunteered during COVID to be our chef and do the menu. So let it, and he's only 11 and my little, my middle just turned 10. So they're not old kids. Like they're literally learning because I've given them that freedom. I was raised in a bubble where I, it was a private school with like really big restrictions. And I didn't, I didn't know how to cook till I was married. I didn't know how to do laundry till I was married. So letting them do that and giving them the freedom to do that 
I think is so important. And so moms that if you are sitting down with them and doing those lemons and counting the apples and stuff, maybe find a fun craft sheet. Um, I know there's a really fun one that's on Pinterest someone did recently where it had um, like teaching the different moon shapes and like each what each represents and taking an Oreo and letting them break off the piece of the Oreo that represents like, okay, this is a full moon and a half moon and a quarter moon and what they represent and being able to let them do that by themselves. They a hundred percent, my six-year-old could do that. So I think even a four and five-year-old could do that. Give them a bag of Oreos, show them. And if you have older kids, let them be the leaders too and helping them. I hire my middle kid a lot. I don't pay her, but she just volunteers to help me. And she comes in and she'll help my middle with different reading things and make it fun and different, just like math stuff. So I think just trying to like, I think a lot of us are in this mentality of it has to be done X, Y, Z. And I really encourage you. Um, and I know that was me at the beginning too. And that's actually why I was so reluctant to homeschooling because I thought, well, how am I going to do all these subjects? Like Braden's in school from, you know, 740 or 750 until almost three o'clock. Like there's no way I can do all that and run the business from home. And once some moms came into my life and said, you know, you're not the one person that's teaching them. Your husband's an accountant, CPA. He can do the math part because math's my weakness. So I was freaking out about math, like just delegating and finding fun projects. And so if you're a mom that you know you have a Zoom, say, for a half hour one morning, be a little bit proactive and have a craft that they can do if your kid's little or if they're older, they should be able to create a craft on their own. I don't set up crafts anymore. Like I just... Like if I come across a fun craft, I'll set it up or I'll give the kids idea. My, my kids right now are making, we have bananas going bad. So they're literally right now making banana bread. And then they're actually getting the kombucha starter ready for their science project to make kombucha. So there's just really fun, creative ways. I teach a lot of this in my tribe, um, which is, we can talk about that later. But that's just being able to take the guesswork out of this overwhelming, daunting task of, oh my gosh, I have to teach my kid to read. I have to teach my kid to do math. There's so many creative ways, and I would just encourage you to really like, in, like, in, let your kid engage with you. So, what would be fun for them? Like, what would ask them? Like, what would be a fun project to help do your math? Like, what would be a fun craft? Go on Pinterest, let them pick a fun project or a craft project, and have that set up. So, if you know you have a half hour Zoom, you have a half hour project that they can be doing alongside in the kitchen that you can hear them. They're going to be okay, and can be learning while you're on your Zoom with your clients or whatever. If you have work time that you just need to have alone time, you know you have that half hour to an hour where you have uninterrupted time. So good. And that time blocking, it's, it not only helps you, but it let, allows your family and your children know when you're going to be done so that they right. can also have their time. That for me has been huge um, with my son. And we have a question. Are you tapping into local homeschool groups for extra activities? So that that's is a, a great one. question. Where is, is that an option for parents out there right now? So we use a program that's a really awesome question. And I would encourage you to check out there. The program we personally use, it's called Inspire Charter Schools. It's a charter program that allows you to use some of your tax dollars for fun educational purposes. So I had mentioned briefly, they did this unschool program up until COVID started, where they went to a program five hours for twice a week. So it's 10 hours a week. They did glass blowing, wood shop. My daughter learned to sew. I mean, they do the coolest things. So you can use your funds for programs like that, which are really fun ways. Um, you can do it for, 
different curriculums if you want to get some fun curriculums. Um, right now we're doing two different masks and I used our funds to be able to purchase the curriculums. Um, they give you, it's $2,600 in California. I don't know what state you're specifically in um, that's asking the question, but look up your state. So we get $2,600 a year per child. And it's in an account that you can't, like, thankfully, you don't have to manage it. It literally is, like, shows your available balance. You put the request for, like, my kids want to do, like, this frog. This is a fun one for moms, too. So my kids want to do this frog thing where you get these frogs and you get to see their life cycle from babies all the way up into a frog. So starting off with their little tadpoles. And super, super fun. Is it? tadpoles I think it's yeah tadpoles and they get to you get to watch the whole life cycle and they have butterfly ones so they come in and they send them as a little caterpillar might even be right before the caterpillar and you get to watch the whole life cycle from caterpillar then they cocoon and then they turn to butterflies so you can order programs like that through your funds so it's super fun um obviously 2600 bucks goes super fast but it's nice that you have some way to use your own tax dollars because we as we're homeowners, taxpayers in California, so we're paying into the local school system, and we're not getting products from them because we opted out, and so we opted in of our charter school. Um, and then you can look at to like different co-op programs. We via the unschool program, my kids literally like found their tribe there. Like they found their own little friends. They all happen to be siblings of each other, so we're super close knit, very like minded, um, and do things a lot very similarly with each other. So yeah, there's definitely great groups like that. And then as you kind of dabble depending on where you're specifically tuning in from is, you know, you can dabble online and find some cool groups too. And if you want to message, you know, after this and reach out and find different programs, I'm happy to help or get on the email list and we can get you connected. So for parents right now that aren't homeschooling, they never expected to be, you know, COVID schooling, um, do you think they would be able to tap into local homeschooling groups just for support or no, that is only? Um, you have to be a member. Um, and that's the thing actually with the Inspire program is they actually fill up super fast. So it's probably actually I had a client reach out today asking if she thought it was full because she wants to get her kids on the list. A lot of my friends in the area out of the area that we're homeschooling actually want to or that we're public schooling they want to now homeschool their children so that's something that you need to be proactive about because most of the lists are actually full right now so or close to it so you want to check your local chapters and see if they're taking enrollments and if you get one child in and you have like a baby at home or a kindergartner at home that you're going to wait a little bit to enroll them typically siblings are always honored once you have one in so yeah you can check out those so the biggest, what is the biggest thing that piece of advice you could give boss moms out there who haven't, you know, homeschooling just isn't on their radar right now. Maybe it will be in the future. Um, would it be to time block, to make things fun? Like what are your biggest tips for them? And then we'll dive more into what homeschooling has done for your total freedom and creating memories for your family. I would say just make memories with your kids. Have fun. Like you want this to be a time that especially if you're COVID teaching that your kids look back and don't remember the virus at all. Don't remember life being completely flipped upside down. You want it to be a memory that they're like, oh my gosh, my mom and dad were so fun. They did all these fun extra projects with me or, you know, just they're not going to remember what they learned. They're going to remember how they were treated, what the, you know, what fun they how had they and the what how they felt. That's yeah, they're going to remember how they felt. And I just think that's something like we're letting our kids stay up till basically when we go to bed now. And it's, yeah, it's harder because it's, 
we, my husband and I don't get as much time together, but it's also so fun for them. So we've been doing date nights with each of them individually where the older two, like last night was um, my littlest time. So my older two would do their own play in their own rooms and my littlest would have movie night with us and game night with us. And it's just like creating those memories with them and letting them have just let them be kids. Um, I know a lot of people freak out thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to fail my kid and they're not going to remember, you know, they're going to be behind once they start in the fall. And it's honestly like, just give yourself grace because your kids are so, they're learning so much more than you realize. And it might not be sitting down doing textbooks, but they're learning so much more and they're going to probably be wiser for it because you're giving them that freedom to just think outside the box. And honestly, like I know Angelina and I can relate, like School is great, but being able to think outside the box and be your own person is so much better. Like there's a visual on a meme that I remember seeing one time where everybody's going in as their individual person into their college or into their high school and they're all coming out with white coats. I don't want my children to be that. I don't want my kids to think it's a one size fits all. Like I want them to live into whatever their passions are and to really discover that. So I just encourage you to just enjoy the time and just know this isn't normal and it's not real true homeschooling and you have a huge support system you are welcome to re any of you can reach out to me for support um i know one of angelina's friends we laugh all the time and she said something really funny actually those of you doing common core i'm saying this for her because it's not common core we do common sense math we don't do common core so if you're like banging your head about on the wall with common core most parents you know how many parents that have messaged me like i can't figure out how to do this math it's oh not math it's not I math when i was younger no so it's not math their kids and they're frustrated and their yes. kids are frustrated no it's yeah. not so i opted out of that was the first thing i opted out of. i was like this is the most ridiculous math i've ever seen in my life so just know that that is not common. Like, just do common sense math, not common core. Common core makes no sense. It's actually not even being used anymore because it doesn't work. Um, so I, that's, you know, I'm very passionate about teaching my kids very real and life things. And I think I would just encourage you guys to find your own little niche with your children. I think that the biggest thing you said is grace. The whole world is giving us grace right now in so many different ways. And just to take the pressure off yourself, do the mm -hmm. best you can, try to make it fun, enjoy this moment with your kids, but normally they're off at school, they're not with you. Um, try to be more present. See, we do have questions. For those who need more a more structured program. There's curriculum that can fit your needs for each course at every age. Lots of homeschool support out there and parents helping parents. So that's been something that, you know, I've played around with the idea. I am, I still have a production space. So I'm, you know, tied to, to a spot, but my goal is to be location free. But while you still have a child in school, you really can't be truly location free. You can't just up and go to Hawaii or go camping for a month. Um, he's going to be, you know, in in eighth grade next year and then high school and that's intimidating. Um, so how does that curriculum work? Do you, is it like Common Core where all the kids, you know, do you have to take a test every year, make sure they are up to speed on where they're supposed to be? What does that look like? Yeah, great question. So I personally, that's actually pretty much 100% why I use our Inspire School, because I don't have to have the attorneys. I don't have to have the Alpha Data. Um, our charter school carries all of that for us. So I have a homeschool teacher that I can literally talk. She's become one of my dear friends. Like I talk to her all the time. Um, I told her during, like when I talked to her the last, I think it was 
when I last talked to her, it was like on Monday. And I told her, I said, you know, I've been a lot more lax during COVID, just letting them be kids. And they still do their regular stuff, but I've just been more chill because I want them to just have fun and be, you know, enjoy this time and not look back and be like, oh, that pandemic. Um, so with that being said, she actually made a very clear point. She's like, Becca, that's exactly what you should be doing. Mental health is way more important than like following a structure right now. And so I just, that's something I want to make sure you guys all know. There are curriculums out there that you 100% can use. Um, there's some great ones. I would encourage you to not buy a whole package of curriculum because they're very expensive. And when I did that, I actually didn't even like the one that I bought. So I ended up buying more because you think it looks one way online, you read reviews and you think, oh, this is going to be great. But after about a year of doing it, you guys are going to realize you're going to find your own groove. You're going to see what works and what doesn't work. And you're going to end up just using a lot of resources that are honestly free. And we utilize the library a ton. Now that the library has been shut down, it's been a little bit more interesting. Um, but we utilize the library. We do online curriculum where you can print them out. Um, their math books, I actually have my kids doing two different math books, which is Saxon and Singapore. Um, I don't love either of them. I just really wanted them to be able to soar through. And I'm actually looking at switching theirs up a little right now. Um, we do from the charter school, you have the option to do state testing. You don't have to do it. I make my kids do it because I think that's a life skill they should know how to do. And it doesn't it's really matter required. to me. It's not required. I think it starts getting required in like eighth or ninth grade maybe. Um, but no, we we can opt out of it. Um, there's a PE test that they do a couple times a year. You can opt out. I always make my kids do it because it's fun. We're always outdoor anyway, and they think it's a fun like it's. We always do like a fun color run where they're like racing and stuff. Braden got first. Like he's like super competitive, and he got first. Um, so just making it fun. And I always tell my kids like these tests don't matter. Like I don't care what you test on these because I know where your stand, your markers stand. And to me, if a test book, like first of all, there's good test takers, right? So my son's a better test taker than my middle. And so giving yourself like knowing your children, knowing like even though Braden might not have been taught what's on the test, he can ace it because he knows he can use common sense and get to the bottom of the answer. Um, so yeah, there are tests, there are requirements, and that's actually why I really encourage you guys to go through either Inspire or do an independent through your public school. The problem with the independent through your public school is you then have to follow public school rules, and I am everything against public school rules. I don't want my kids being exposed to the curriculums that they're doing. We want to learn real history, not filtered history. Um, my son is actually a huge history guru, and um, he would be very much missing out if he was following public school history. So there's a lot of, um, just make sure you do your homework on that part. And if you want resources, I'm happy to share those too. So good. And so they have to, you know, when they get older, they have to be able to pass all those state tests to fully graduate, correct? To get their high school diploma. I'm sure there's tests once they hit high school that they're having to pass statewide. Um, I don't know the actual, cause we're not there yet. I've only, I have a fifth grader, fourth and first, but I think there are, once you're going into the high school levels, there's a little bit more accountability. Um, we have to personally turn in work samples every few weeks. So like a math sample or a language arts sample, my kids, every time they read a book, they have to write a book report. So I'm sending in the book report. Um, I correct it. So I do the grammar, like they write it out and then I'll go back through and correct it. And then they have to rewrite it according to whatever needs to be changed. I don't tell them what to change. I just underline it if it's wrong. Um, so yeah, so they're doing that and they send those work samples in. Inspire. Oh, it's Inspire Charter Schools. Yeah. So I don't know where you're located geographically, but there's a bunch of different chapters and it's an awesome program. I love, so one of the things that I notice a lot with, I mean, just the, the training, I think, um, 
from public school, just what I've witnessed, it's not encouraging a lot of thinking on their own, that independent thinking. They're waiting for instructions. Um, and that kind of translate a lot to when they are home, they're waiting for us to tell them what to do and how to entertain themselves. Otherwise they don't know what to do and they're bored. So I love the way that you're really, even when it comes to correcting things, you're not telling them what they need to correct. You're really encouraging that critical thinking and to think for themselves and to be proactive and independent. So thank you for grazing. <laughs> Great human. Um, so how has this changed your life having your kids home and also having them have location freedom have you been able to take any trips you wouldn't have been able to take normally how has this impacted your life in the yeah that was a huge one for us and thank you for that by the way I don't think there's a perfect way but I think just knowing your kids like I said a couple times now and just giving yourself that grace like I feel like it always falls back to grace so thank you for that Angelina and yes, this has changed our whole life. So we used to be the family that the principal didn't really like because we would constantly pull our kids out to travel. And so we would get, you get, I think three weeks, you're allowed to have off a year and then everything else has to be independent. But in order to be the independent, you have to have, it has to be a week or more at a time, which was fine, but you had to submit it by a certain date. And there was all these rules, like to get my kid approved, to take them out of school. So it was just like this constant battle with the principals. Like they just, we weren't, we weren't their biggest fan because they, we were constantly traveling. So they understood it and they embraced it, but they also didn't want the kids. They felt like the kids would be missing so much. I'm like, the kids are actually fine. They're like soaring. Like Brayden's actually bored. So we're good. Um, so that's opened up. I work remote. So being able to have my business where I literally can tune in anywhere as long as I have Wi-Fi has given us the freedom and my husband can work remote as well. So it gives us the freedom to be able to travel. Our biggest passion, honestly, is we don't care about all the bells and whistles. We are very much like want to give our kids, like show them the world and travel and be able to go and do just life and learn by doing. And so we've done a couple of huge trips. We've done the whole Oregon coast and learned a lot along the national parks there. We did all of Utah last summer. We went to Colorado. So just being able to go off the road for a month at a time is really where our passion is. And that's something that like when the kids know like I'm working harder, or, you know, if my door's closed because I'm working, they know like, oh, okay, mommy's working really hard, but we're going to play harder. And they know that means like, you know, playing harder. Maybe it's at the beach. We live near the beach and going do extra fun stuff outside, going backpacking. We're really big outdoor people. So we've gone backpacking with them. And that's actually one thing that's been affected with the COVID is like all the trails being shut. And that's really been a bummer. Um, but yeah, just being able to do life with our children and let them see like you work really hard and this is what it allows you to be able to do. And if you can set up your business so it can be remote too. So if you need to tune in remotely and help whoever you're helping and working with, it's like the biggest blessing in the world. So I feel very fortunate. I'm so grateful that my work allows me to work literally wherever I have a Wi-Fi signal. And I do also try to take time when we're traveling to unplug 100% too and just be present. So I just flip my thing to Wi-Fi, you know, turn my Wi-Fi off so that I can't get interrupted. Uh, and That's I can still awful. use my camera. Yeah, I have to. I have to turn the Wi-Fi off. Otherwise, I get distracted. Um, I wish I could say I have more self-control. I don't. So I turn it off. I and then I alarms can... on my phone from this yeah. time to this time. You're not going to be able to get a hold of me because yeah. I need that structure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The it's biggest important. thing that I'm hearing from you and a lot of people that have been making, you know, working from home and also schooling and just life in general is that structure letting your kid when your kids know what to expect they are mm -hmm. fine if it's that unknown when you're just you're letting life run you and you're not running your life 
they feel it, it trickles down when there's no structure, it's just chaos. So if you have that balance, your kids know from this time to this time, we're going to be laser focused, we're going to work on this. And then from this time to this time, you know, you're going to do your thing, I'm going to be working. And then from this time to this time, we're going to go to this, I find at least with my son and a lot of people I know, um, their kids are so much happier, they're not giving them a hard time about stuff, because they know what to expect. Um, and it sounds like that's a lot of what has been working for you. And I love how you're able to create all these beautiful memories and it's not a rushing here and there out the door. And I mean, that's what most of us experience when my son was in school, it was, you know, we had to be up at six and we're rushing down to the bus stop and here and there, and a lot of rushing and that time being present and making those beautiful memories. Um, for people that want to connect with you and get more resources, where can they find you? I know you offer a ton of free resources. You also have a group um, where you add more value. Thank you. And I just really quick want to add that let your kids be involved in your goals. You just touched on it too, Angelina. Like let them create your vision board with you. Let them create vision boards. Like on New Year's Eve, we go camping every year and we take our stuff and we do vision boards as a family on New Year's Eve. Let them be part of that. Let them be part of your goals. Like if they know you're working really hard and your door is closed, they know like what you're working towards. So let them be part of that. Let them be excited in where you hit your marks each month. My kids are so excited each month to hear where where the businesses are at and where we're going and just let them be involved and let them speak into what they would like to see happen and what they would like to see as a family. Like we give them options all the time of like, would you want to go to Hawaii? Would you want to go to Yellowstone? They always choose the road trips. They're still little. Thankfully, I love that they love the road trips. They're so fun. And I love that they really love that time together. And so just let your babies be involved in being able to just celebrate the little things. And I honestly, Angela, I know you touched on this the mornings that we have are honestly my favorite. Like I used to dread the school week mornings because the lunches, the waking the kids up, my littlest is like the biggest sleeper in the world. She loves sleeping in. She loves her beauty sleep. She's a night owl too. But just getting them up, getting them out the door. Like I just felt like the worst mom. And obviously I still have my moments, but I feel so much more at peace. I feel like I actually get to enjoy my kids. I get to just like have that one-on-one time with them. I get to sit outside and have my cup of coffee or tea or you know, cocktail in the afternoon with them. Like it's so much fun. So those of you that are frustrated that you don't have a normal routine because of COVID, just really enjoy that time with them. Like find something fun you can cook together, find something fun you can go play outside with them. And just remember that the year, the days are long. Sometimes I feel you, but the years are so short. And when I think about my son, who's almost 12, like makes me so sad. And so just enjoy the time. And yeah, all of my information, it's super easy to locate me. I'm over, I hang out more on um, Instagram than I do on Facebook. I'm over at Be More Healthy. So it's B period and then my last name, more.healthy. And then I'm over there on Insta. And then my website is thewellnesswarriortribe.com. And the Wellness Warrior Tribe is an amazing, just like-minded community. And we talk my whole, I'm a holistic lifestyle coach. Like everything I do is to take the guesswork out of a holistic and non-toxic living and that goes into homes, you know, homeschooling, unschooling, whatever your jam is. And just taking the guesswork out of that. Because I think for me, I wish somebody had shaken me up earlier and said, hey, like this isn't so complicated. It's really simple if you just Why break do we it make down. make things so hard? We all do. We and I think it's because of There's I honestly no think it's the the proper you know all the media that makes it so hard and it's not. And it's like once you find those like-minded people and just, I love being able to bring women together, community together, like Angelina, like I've loved getting to know Angelina through this and 
um, just being able to take those simple steps and realizing, hey, I can totally do this and just stop selling ourselves short. And it's not complicated. It's actually really fun. Um, it's new. So it's going to feel hard, but it's just new. So just being able to take that word out that this is so hard. Like, no, it's just new. You're just learning. So that's, yeah, that's my jam. And I love what I do. And my babies work very closely with me. So as you get to know me, you'll see they're very much in my life. Um, we're, we're kind of a mess. I like to call it a beautiful mess. I actually have that on my whiteboard. We're a beautiful mess. <laughs> and I think you're, you showing them that they don't have to do what everybody else is doing. There is another way they can think outside the box and blaze their own path. And your kids are proof. Um, I have your son's bath caddy in my bathroom. He started his own business. He's shipping things across the world now. It's it's so inspiring to see your kids, especially at such a young age, be so independent and motivated and thinking for themselves. Thank so you. thank you for so much for sharing all of your wisdom. And I hope all the moms out there are just breathing easier and you can just give yourself some grace. Even the testing that they're gonna be doing this year is gonna be very graceful. I know a lot of the teachers aren't even giving you know grades. Everybody's kind of just passing <laughs> in mm -hmm. a lot of the states. Um, everybody really is giving everyone grace. So embrace it. Don't put all that pressure on yourself and try to set up expectations for yourself and your kids um, with time blocking so that everybody knows you know what to expect and they won't feel you will be running your life first the other way around. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited for you guys to this learn more. So and fun. thank you. It was fun. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.